Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 72, all about tiny house trailers. As I mentioned in my last episode with Erin Miley O'Keefe, I just finished up teaching a two-week-long tiny house design-build course down at Yestermorrow Design-Build School in Waitsfield, Vermont. It was a really great experience, and a highlight for me was getting to work with students on framing and sheathing a tiny house on wheels. We were working with a really talented build instructor named Keith Lewis and also Jacob Mushlin. Shout out to both of them. But getting to see two professionals working on a tiny house was truly inspiring. While we were building on a tiny house-specific trailer, the build experience reminded me how challenging it can be sometimes to properly build your tiny house around the wheel wells of a trailer. So I decided to do a solo episode all about tiny trailers. We're going to talk trailer terminology, different styles of trailers, and finally, we'll talk about what types of trailers I recommend for building your tiny house on wheels. I hope you stick around. I'd like to tell you about the sponsor for today's show, Strategic Insurance Agency. Early on in the tiny house movement, getting insurance for your tiny home was incredibly difficult. Strategic Insurance Agency now offers homeowner-style insurance for movable and ground-bound tiny houses in all 50 states. That means you can get covered for fire, theft, liability, personal property, and more. People often pour their life savings into buying or building a tiny house and Strategic Insurance Agency can help you protect that investment. They even cover your house if you want to try short-term rentals like Airbnb and offer special insurance for tiny house builders as well. The best part is that it's super easy to get a quote. Head over to mystrategicinsurance.com slash THLP to get a quick free quote for insuring your tiny home. And for every tiny house policy written, Strategic Insurance Agency will donate $5 to a tiny house charity of your choice. Again, that's mystrategicinsurance.com slash THLP for a free tiny house insurance quote. Thank you so much to Strategic Insurance Agency for sponsoring the show. All right, let's jump right into talking tiny house trailers. So I think the first thing that we need to do is just cover some terminology. As you start shopping for trailers and interacting with the tiny house world, you're going to hear lots of terms like GVWR and dual axle and all these different things. And so I think it's helpful to just get some terminology going. So I think it's just helpful to get some terminology going. So let's start with the axles. Um, these are the horizontal round pieces of metal that the wheels are attached to. And there are a bunch of different arrangements that you can have on a trailer. So you can go anywhere from a single axle to a double axle to a triple axle. And so single axle trailers just have one set of wheels. Um, the trailers that are single axle are typically no more than 14 feet in length anything longer than 14 feet, and you're going to need two axles to carry that much weight. 
Single axle trailers are very maneuverable. Um, so if you need to pull into really tight spaces, a single axle trailer is the best. Um, of course, single axle trailers are for much smaller houses, smaller, lighter houses. So they're probably not going to be applicable to most people listening, but you'll often see uh, Vardo style tiny houses built on single axle trailers. Uh, from a few episodes back, we had Dee Williams on the show. Um, her Vardo is built on a single axle trailer. So then we get up to a double axle trailer, sometimes called a tandem axle trailer. Um, so the double axle trailer has two sets of wheels that are next to each other, and they are somewhere kind of in the middle of the trailer. Um, double axle trailers, I've seen them up to about 24 feet in length. Uh, my tiny house is built on a 22-foot dual axle trailer. Um, some people say that you shouldn't go more than 20 feet on a dual axle. Uh, it really depends what the weight rating of those axles are. Double axle trailers have been really common in the tiny house on wheels world. Uh, but as tiny houses are getting a bit bigger and a bit longer, we are now seeing more and more triple axle trailers. So obviously a triple axle trailer has three sets of wheels. Um, and they can be really long. I've seen triple axle trailers as long as 36 feet. Um, tiny houses built on triple axle trailers, usually starting at about 24 feet, 26 feet going up, those are going to be triple axle trailers. Now, something to know about triple axle trailers is that they are less maneuverable than double axle trailers, which are less maneuverable than single axle trailers. Uh, my friend uh, Chrissy Liu, uh, in her tiny house, I remember her telling me a story about having trouble parking the house due to the triple axle trailer. Like it just wasn't able to make a tight enough turn to get in the spot that she wanted to be in. So it, it created a bit of a challenge and a bit of a headache getting to maneuver this trailer into place. So some of you might be thinking, well, why would I ever choose a triple axle over a double axle or maybe vice versa? And so there's another piece of terminology that we need to throw into the mix, which is gross vehicle weight rating. So you'll see this abbreviated as GVWR. Um, the GVWR tells you what load the trailer is legally rated to carry. So it is the maximum safe load that you can put on that trailer. Um, exceeding the GVWR of your trailer is against the law. So if you theoretically pulled into a weight station with your tiny house and you were overweight, you could get fined or potentially not allowed to move your tiny house. And one thing to remember is that the GVWR includes the weight of the trailer itself. So if you buy a trailer that is rated to carry 10,000 pounds, it actually cannot carry 10,000 pounds of additional things. It's actually 10,000 pounds minus the weight of the trailer dry. And so in my case, I think my trailer was about 1,400 pounds empty. Um, so that left me with 8,600 pounds of tiny house that I could put on top of it. So axles 
are stamped usually with a GVWR rating. And they come in usually 3,500 pounds, 5,000 pounds, 7,000 pounds, or 10,000 pounds. So with those combinations, you can start doing some math. So it would be possible to have a trailer that could carry 14,000 pounds with two 7,000-pound axles or three 5,000-pound axles. Same thing, you know, if you wanted a tiny house trailer that could tow 20,000 pounds, you could do two 10,000-pound axles or three 7,000-pound axles. And what that's going to come down to is how much maneuverability you need and also cost. The higher the GVWR for axles, the more they cost. So believe it or not, that triple axle trailer with three 5,000-pound axles will be cheaper than two 7,000-pound axles. All right, so that is axles and GVWR, or gross vehicle weight rating. Let's jump into another feature of the trailer, which is wheel wells. And I should actually say wheel wells and fenders. Fenders are the things that cover the wheels, and the wheel wells are kind of the space underneath the fenders. And if you picture a trailer, just any old trailer in your head, you're probably seeing a flat deck with two fenders that stick out above the deck of that trailer. And that is pretty common in the tiny house world as well. There are fenders that extend above the body of the trailer and create the wheel wells underneath them. Um, The wheel wells typically define the maximum width of that trailer. So the outside edges of those fenders are typically extended to the legal road maximum width of 8 feet 6 inches. And that's for the United States. Um, Our maximum width in most states is 8 feet 6 inches. So what that means is that there is less space in between the wheel wells for your house to go. There are some tiny house designs that are designed to go in between the wheel wells. So for example, my tiny house, I actually chose to build it between the wheel wells rather than allowing the wheel wells to protrude into the space. But what has become much more common in tiny house building these days is that the wheel wells actually stick into the house. And so people come up with a lot of creative solutions for how to hide those wheel wells. Sometimes they make one wheel well the first step of the stairs. Um, Sometimes they're hidden underneath a couch or inside a cabinet. But regardless, planning for how you will deal with those wheel wells is important, and it's an option on trailers. One great change that there, one great change that has been made since companies have started to manufacture tiny house specific trailers is that they are making the wheel wells squared off rather than round. Um, which makes it much easier to frame your walls around them. Uh, On my tiny house, my round wheel wells were a constant challenge. I actually ended up creating a template out of cardboard, and I could use that to trace that shape onto anything that needed to kind of span those wheel wells. But square, or even if they're not square, as long as they have an angle rather than a curve, will make building a lot easier. So what kind of trailer should you use for your tiny house? 
I'm assuming that you're going to build your tiny house on wheels. Um, if you're not going to build your tiny house on wheels, I'm sorry that this episode might not be that pertinent to you, but I consider the purchase of your trailer to be a major decision in your tiny home. The reason for that is that a new trailer will likely be the single most expensive item in your entire tiny house. So if your tiny house is on wheels, then the trailer is literally the foundation of your house. And that's why I strongly recommend using a new trailer for your tiny house. Used trailers cannot always be verified. You don't know how they've been used. You don't know what damage they have. And refurbishing a trailer can end up being more costly than just buying a comparable trailer new. If your trailer were to fail, it would be very, very difficult to replace because your house is going to be very intricately and very well secured to that trailer. You know, if your roof fails, you can replace it. But if your trailer fails, I would say that your house is probably never going to move again. So. As I mentioned, when I built my tiny house, there weren't that many options when it came to trailers. Um, there were a lot of different trailer manufacturers, but the choice was either to buy a stock flatbed utility trailer or design and pay a lot of money for a custom trailer build. Luckily for you, since 2013, tiny house trailers have come a really long way, and there are tiny house specific trailers with things like square wheel wells, like we already talked about. And then there are some other really great features that make building on a tiny house-specific trailer a lot easier. But I don't want to skip right over utility trailers, so let's talk about tiny house trailers versus utility trailers. As I mentioned, when I started building my tiny house in June of 2012, um, the idea of a tiny house-specific trailer didn't really exist. The only mention of a custom trailer came from D. Williams's book, Go House Go, and D. suggested working with a trailer manufacturer to custom build a trailer to allow the subfloor of your tiny house to attach inside of the trailer frame rather than on top of it. And that is pretty much what has happened. A lot of these tiny house-specific trailers are designed so that the floor can be set into the trailer frame rather than on top of it. And that allows you both to lower the floor of your tiny house and therefore give you more height. And it also allows you, if you'd like, to get more insulation in the floor of your tiny house. If you make the floor lower, you can keep the peak of the roof at the same maximum height and you realize those extra few inches of gain inside of the house. Another really great thing about tiny house trailers, some of them, come with a welded metal belly pan. So basically, on the underside of the trailer framing, the manufacturer welds on sheet metal, and so the trailer is closed off from the bottom, which saves you a lot of time in your build. You don't have to deal with plywood or covering up the underside of your trailer. You can just lay floor joists into the trailer, insulate between them, and put a subfloor decking right on top. The belly pans really do save time, and they are available from a range of tiny house trailer manufacturers. Let's talk about the next great feature that you can get on your trailer, which is drop axles. 
Um, so drop axles are another technology that have become popular in tiny house building. And drop axles are yet another way to lower your tiny house closer to the road so that you can make the house itself more spacious, more tall. Um, be wary about them. Lowering your trailer does reduce ground clearance. And this can become really problematic for longer houses actually bottoming out when pulling into steep driveways or down steep inclines. Um, the way that drop axles are shaped, they're kind of like a letter U rather than a straight line. They make the trailer deck a bit narrower between the wheel wells. And the narrower width doesn't mean you'll sacrifice on the overall width of the house, but you will have some of your house hanging out over the edge of the trailer. Um, those parts may not have as much insulation as the parts that are over the trailer deck. So another innovation that has come to the tiny house trailer space um, is called deck over trailers. Um, building your tiny house around the wheel wells of a trailer is one of the most difficult parts of the build. Um, particularly, it is important to prevent water from infiltrating your home um, behind those wheel wells. and. People come up with a number of solutions for how to do that. Interestingly enough, while I was at Yestermorrow, there was a previous tiny house uh, that had been built there where the flashing around the wheel wells hadn't been installed on one side of the build, and water had actually gotten in behind the wheel well and poured into the subfloor and was creating a total mess inside of the subfloor. Um, as you can imagine, this would be very difficult to fix later. I mean. The builder was actually having to tear up the floors, cut out the subflooring, dry the water from the inside, and then deal with the flashing on the outside. So what if you didn't have to deal with the wheel wells at all? That would be a deck over trailer, where the trailer deck is actually on top of the wheels. Um, the big downside to the deck over trailer is that it's higher off the ground. Um, it's about three feet off the ground. Um, and that's going to take away from the height of your tiny house. Um, but not having to deal with wheel wells is a big benefit to consider, you know, even if you're not planning to have a loft, especially if you're not planning to have a loft in your tiny house. So the last trailer type that we should talk about are gooseneck trailers. Um, so gooseneck trailers are becoming more common for movable tiny homes because they allow the weight of the tiny house to be more evenly distributed onto the tow vehicle. And so a gooseneck actually has a raised portion that kind of sits above the truck, and then the coupler comes down and attaches in the bed of the pickup truck. And in addition to being better at distributing weight, this actually pulls the whole trailer in closer to the tow vehicle. So a 28-foot a gooseneck will tow more like a 24-foot trailer because you get, you get a lot of the house hanging above the trailer. You get a lot of the house hanging above the tow vehicle rather than behind it. Gooseneck trailers are sometimes referred to as fifth-wheel trailers. And as I mentioned, they connect to a hitch in the bed of the truck rather than at the bumper. Another fun thing is that the raised gooseneck portion of the trailer is able to be built on. Um, so builders typically put a bedroom or an office in that space um, since the overall interior height of the home in that section is going to be a lot smaller. 
And then the space below the gooseneck can be used for storage, um, like a place to hang hammocks or even, you know, put an outdoor shower. So goosenecks are really popular for larger, like 28 feet and longer tiny homes. They are a bit more specialized. So, um, you know, finding a vehicle that is outfitted with the proper hitch, uh, it's much less likely that you'll find a truck that has the gooseneck hitch. Most trucks have a bumper hitch for pulling a bumper full tiny house. Now, whether the truck is going to be big or powerful enough to tow a tiny house on wheels is another story, but the prevalence of the gooseneck hitches are much lower. All right, now we're going to get into the weeds just slightly and talk about framing because there are different types of steel that a trailer can be made out of. Um, There are three kinds, actually, L-channel, C-channel, and tube framing. So L-channel is very commonly used, and it is shaped like an L. Um, It is the weakest of options, so my recommendation would be L-channel trailers are not up to the task of towing a tiny house on wheels, and I would seek a more sturdy framing material such as C-channel or tube framing. So um, L-channel is bad, C-channel is good, tube framing is best. So um, C-channel is shaped like the letter C. Um, It's not as strong as tube framing, but it's definitely stronger than L-channel. C-channel is pretty common on tiny house trailers. And then finally, um, tube framing is on the high end. It's shaped like a rectangle. It's shaped like a rectangle, um, even though it's called tube framing, and it's definitely the strongest of the three. And so really high-end trailers are typically made completely out of tube framing, or at least the perimeter of them is made from tube framing. Of course, I've just made an assumption that you will be using steel. Um, Most people don't stop to consider what material the trailer will be made of, Um, because so many of them are made of steel. Um, However, taking a page from the boating world, some trailer manufacturers have begun to offer aluminum tiny house trailers. Um, And aluminum trailers have a number of benefits compared to their steel counterparts. Um, They run 1 to 2,000 pounds lighter than steel trailers. Um, That enables you to put more weight into your house rather than, you know, having to account for a heavier trailer. Aluminum is also much more resistant to corrosion, and it will not rust like a steel trailer, especially if it gets scratched or dented. The downside to aluminum is, of course, the cost. Um, There's a company called Tiny Houses of Maine. They sell an 8 foot by 20 foot 12,000 GVWR drop axle aluminum trailer for about $7,000. Um, and a comparable steel trailer could be purchased for between four and $5,000. So there is a bit of a cost savings using steel over aluminum, but you trade weight for cost. Finally, let's talk about accessories. There are a lot of different accessories that your trailer could come with, and there are some accessories that it absolutely must come with. Um, so. Things like brakes. So tiny houses are so heavy 
that the trailers need to have their own braking system. You can't rely on the brakes of the tow vehicle. So all trailers should come with brakes. Um, another thing that all trailers should come with is lights, you know, brake lights, turn signals, side markers. Basically, without lights, it will be illegal to tow your trailer. So it's very unlikely that your trailer won't come with lights. Another thing that it should come with is emergency chains. So most trailers have two heavy-duty chains that you attach to the tow vehicle in case for some reason the coupler fails. This prevents the trailer from becoming a runaway. And it should also have an emergency braking system, which is a cord that gets pulled if the trailer were to completely disconnect from your vehicle that causes the trailer brakes to lock and then stop your trailer from moving. Um, Another accessory that all trailers should have is a hitch jack. And this is just a jack that allows you to lift the hitch end of the trailer up and down so that you can. Lift it up, you know, back your tow vehicle in, and then lower it back down onto the hitch. There are some accessories that utility trailers typically come from. Um, You certainly don't need any ramps for your trailer, so you can skip those. Um, Some trailers, some standard utility trailers, come with something called a dovetail. And this is kind of the back end of the trailer bed, kind of makes a turn it's angled downward and that makes it easier to pull cars up onto the trailer but it would make it really challenging to build a tiny house on so you definitely don't want a dovetail some trailers come with something called stake pockets and that just allows you to you know if you were going to try to attach a temporary almost fence to your trailer you could put um pieces of wood down into the stake pockets um, but again you don't need that And some utility trailers, again, come with a front rail, so almost like um, a fence at the tongue end of the trailer. And if you do get one of those on your tiny house trailer, you're probably going to just end up cutting it off with an angle grinder, so you might as well not start off with one to begin with. Let's talk optional accessories. And so one big thing that has been happening in tiny house trailers is leveling jacks. And this is a set of four jacks, one placed at each corner of the trailer, that allows you to very quickly and easily level your tiny house. And I can't recommend these jacks enough. They can be added to your trailer. Usually it's a custom addition. They can be added later, um, but I would suggest just having them added on when you buy the trailer. And there are a couple different kinds of jacks. And the kind that I do not recommend are scissor jacks. And so these are very typical, like the spare tire in your car. That kit probably has a scissor jack. It's kind of shaped like a triangle. Or actually, it's it's kind of shaped like a diamond with a screw running across. And as you tighten or loosen that screw, it kind of compresses that diamond and lifts the house or lifts whatever's on top of it up and down. RVs, it's very common to have them come with scissor jacks. The thing about scissor jacks is that they're they're kind of delicate and they're really not designed to lift the full weight of your tiny house. You know, most scissor jacks have a weight capacity much lower than the overall weight of your house. And when you try to actually lift the house up off the ground with a scissor jack, 
you oftentimes experience failure. Either the screw strips out, the scissor jack can just bend right over and just be worthless. So I would recommend skipping the scissor jacks completely and going with a similar jack that you would find on the tongue of your trailer. So a jack that has, it's a more vertical style jack and they're designed to lift much more weight. And they also have the added benefit I've seen on many trailers. They actually kind of fold up. They they are able to pivot and turn out of the way. So that way, when you travel with the house, the jacks are up. And then when you get to where you're going, you flop them down and you level your house really quickly. Well, since we don't have a guest today, I am going to share some of my favorite resources for trailers. And I will link to these resources on the show notes for this episode, which is thetinyhouse.net slash 072. So again, there's going to be lots of photos of the various things that we've talked about, plus links to these resources at thetinyhouse.net slash 072. So here are the resources. The first thing, this is really handy. It's just a compilation of the existing state truck size and weight limit laws. So I might have mentioned earlier that the laws are different in every state. And so this website will show you what the maximum height and weight limits are for every state in the United States. My second resource is the Trailer Life Guide to Towing. Um, So there's this online magazine called Trailer Life, and they put out a free magazine each year that is a guide to towing. And they're actually rather thorough. There's a great checklist, and it's a free resource, um, which I will link to again, from the show notes page. These URLs are kind of long to uh, be able to read them on the show. And then the last resource is the Tiny House Expedition towing videos. So Tiny House Expedition, they've been on the show. Um, Alexis and Christian have the world's most traveled tiny house, and they are really generous with their skills and expertise and have put together a series of great videos about towing your tiny house. So I will link to all three of those resources on the show notes page for this episode, which is thetinyhouse.net slash 072. Well, that's going to be all for this week. Thank you so much to our sponsor, the Strategic Insurance Agency, for sponsoring our show this week. Don't forget to head over to mystrategicinsurance.com slash THLP to get a quote for insuring your tiny house. And my name is Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.